0: So now we turn to God's word from Paul's letter to the Colossians, the third chapter, and uh, don't bother looking for it in the (laughs) the bulletin, it's not there, and I can't tell you what page number to find it in, in the, the Pew Bibles, but it's Colossians chapter three, verses 12 through 17. Listen now for God's word to you today. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teach and admonish each other in all wisdom, and with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs for God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And let's pray. Holy God, we pray that you will grant us the eyes to see and the ears to hear and the hearts and minds to hear and understand your word and your world this day as best we can, in Jesus' name. Amen. So one Sunday morning, a Lutheran preacher was uh, being the guest preacher in a local congregation it wasn't his own church and he he got up there and he preached a sermon with the title of an attitude of gratitude which is not particularly original title for a sermon but even so with eloquence and passion he preached this incredible sermon and mesmerized the congregation and then A few months later, everyone heard that he had been fired by his own congregation and they couldn't figure out why. It has such an amazing Attitude of Gratitude sermon. What could possibly have happened? So one of them went over to the Lutheran Church and asked, what happened with this guy? And they responded, yeah, try listening to that exact same sermon every week. Yikes. You know, there are a couple of old sayings about preaching, more than a few, but a couple that I remember. One is that the best sermons are preached uh, to the person giving the sermon themselves. Like, I or another preacher needs to hear it and deal with that particular issue, and I can vouch for that being true. The other one is that preachers, and this might come as a shock <laughs> to some of you, Preachers really only have about two or three sermons in them, you know. And that is we keep on returning to the same topics or themes over and over again. The ones, you know, honestly, that resonate the most with us and that perhaps resonate the most with the congregation we're serving. And I got to say, that's actually fairly accurate, too. But it seems to me that if you only had one sermon to give, One on developing an attitude of gratitude would be a pretty good one to keep preaching, don't you think? I mean, even today, just a couple days after Thanksgiving, which I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving, but just a couple days later, you know, it can be so easy to forget what we're thankful for. Most of us spend, you know, too much time as it is filling up our own personal lists of gripes and grievances and grudges We get upset about all sorts of things, from the size of our stomach, too big, especially after last week, to the size of our bank account, too small. And on and on it goes. Our spouse isn't organized enough. Our kids don't behave. Our job doesn't suit us. Whatever it is, the list goes on and on. Because dissatisfaction seems to come naturally, whereas gratitude can sometimes be hard to find. So even if it's become something of a platitude itself, most of us could benefit by developing an attitude of gratitude. And as you may know, that phrase originates in the 12-step recovery movement, but the idea that we could all benefit from being more thankful, counting our blessings on a regular basis is much older than that goes back way way back in fact you hear it over and over again in what I just read from the book of Colossians where Paul writes among other things be thankful let the word of Christ richly richly dwell within you and whatever you do in word or deed do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him in other words what Paul is writing and saying in his letter is that your experience of christ gets richer or the deeper or stronger both through christ's word or christ's spiritual presence and also in how the the community of faith the body of christ responds in gratitude what we say and what we do and that richness that we receive and that we experience results in two bubbling-over behaviors. The first is that a thankful heart is expressed, as you heard, in praise, in songs and hymns and spiritual songs to God. And second, everything that you say or do in the name of the Lord Jesus can become an expression of gratitude. Now, all of this is fairly standard stuff in Christianity. You've heard it before. Be thankful. You've heard it before. But simple as it sounds, we all know it's awfully hard to be grateful all the time, especially in a culture where we are constantly bombarded with messages of discontentment. By the way, did any of you realize that just two days ago was Black Friday? Did you get the word? Oh my gosh, you couldn't escape it. You couldn't escape it. I mean, just think of all those TV shows, not just commercials, but TV shows that somebody has promised a full makeover. What they're really all about is selling you on the idea that you should be dissatisfied with what you already have or how you already look. When a work crew is filmed tearing down a house and making it over in a week, it's a ploy to make us feel unhappy about our own houses. So we'll want to spend lots of money either buying a new house or painting and drywalling and putting in new appliances in our current house. Not that there's anything wrong with uh, remodeling. I know there's a lot of contractors here today. Don't worry about that. But if we wanna cultivate an attitude of gratitude, we're gonna have to turn off a lot of what our culture is constantly trying to sell us. Because if all we ever focus on are the flaws in our lives, we're never going to appreciate the richness that is always already all around us and within us. The poet John Milton wrote that gratitude bestows reverence, allowing us to encounter everyday epiphanies, those transcendent moments of awe that change forever how we experience life and the world. And I I love that phrase ever since I first came across it years ago, everyday epiphanies, I love that. But it also brings up a question, what comes first? The epiphany or the gratitude? In other words, does being thankful itself allow you to experience the good things in life or does it take a transcendent moment to make you grateful? Well, the answer may be both but clearly the ability to be open to everyday epiphanies presupposes that your heart already has some experience of what it is to be grateful to be thankful now i realize the word happiness gets used a lot today i mean I looked at my bookshelf the other day. I've got to have five, six books with happiness in the title. But one book called The Happiness Advantage by Sean Acor points out that our sense of well being, as well as almost any other success we're going to have in life, in large part depends on having an attitude of gratitude. For example, research shows that gratitude, especially for the small things in life, is the one emotional trait most likely to benefit your physical health. Grateful people may actually live longer too, according to many studies. Or as one researcher said, a grateful heart might actually be a healthy heart. Another study found that participants who wrote down as few as three things they were grateful for each day for a week were happier, and less depressed than those who did nothing. Thankful for that, was that a bell? For whom the bell tolls, maybe it's telling us to be grateful. More amazing, more amazing than just keeping this journal uh, and, and feeling thankful for a couple days, Akers says, is that even after stopping the exercise, people remained significantly happier and showed higher levels of optimism. That is, the better they got at scanning the world for good things, the more good things they saw, without even trying, wherever they looked. Now, it's kind of ironic that uh, we have Jen Hiller as our liturgist today because if as some of you may remember was it about a year ago six months ago a year ago where steve shibstead invited jen who's in high school to come up and talk about her own experience of keeping a gratitude journal and as she did a great job then explaining and expressing how powerful that exercise was for her and i promised her i wasn't going to ask her to do it again today but Jen did such a great job, and i go back and check our videos uh, on the uh, YouTube channel or on our website. She did a great job with that. So the truth is that your chance of having an everyday epiphany goes up the more accustomed you are to being thankful in the first place. It's a feedback loop of what the Bible calls grace upon grace. So... To be happy in the lord or in anything else it'd be a good idea to develop our own emotional and relational muscles we can try to pay attention moment by moment to uh, what is real what is good what is even even holy about life and all of its manifestations all of its beauty we can also recognize truthfully that we are surrounded by people who are just as tied up in their own frustrations and disappointments as we are so we can learn to be gentle and forgiving with them even as we learn to be the same with ourselves you know i had uh, an epiphany of gratitude just a couple weeks ago i had one on thanksgiving too but most of you know my wife margaret's been facing some really serious health challenges and uh, has been basically uh, bedridden since June. But she's finally feeling a little bit stronger with some new medication she's taking. In fact, she got so optimistic about her improvement in her physical health that she decided a couple weeks ago she would go on a week-long retreat at a meditation center up in Marin County, West Marin. Her doctor, a cardiologist, said it was okay. Though I myself wasn't so sure it was a good idea for her to go, but be that as it may, it was her decision, and I supported her, and she arranged to get a ride up there, so she went up there on a Saturday morning and stayed overnight, and then the very next day after church, I got a text saying it really was too much, and could I come up and pick her up? Uh, And, you know, honestly, before our experiences of the past year, I can imagine feeling more than a bit put out by having to schlep all the way up to West Marin County to pick up somebody from a meditation retreat early. But this time, man, I was just so thankful that I was in a position to do it. First, I was thankful she was Okay. Also, that I had access, or that she had access to a cell phone that she could contact me with, and that I had a car, and I could make some time to go pick her up. But mostly, I was just thankful that she'd given it her best shot. She did the best she could do to do something good for herself, to get out of the house for the first time in six months aside from doctor's appointments. So as I was driving across the Richmond-San Rafael Bridge, which I have driven across countless times as I went to seminary in Marin County and lived in Berkeley for four years, so I've been across that bridge so many times. As I was driving across it, I was reminded both of the fragility of the human body and, and of the miraculous gift of life itself that God gives us and my sense of gratitude nearly overwhelmed me you know being thankful for life is much more than sending a thank-you note or saying a few nice words to somebody who's done something nice for us nice as that is it's more than carving up a turkey on the fourth Thursday in November and saying a prayer as tasty and nice as that can be too gratitude can be a frame of mind an attitude and like any other attitude the more you put it into practice the more of a difference it can make in your life it's another quote i really like by the author and poet annie dillard she put it like this she's envisioning uh, the time when when we die I think that the dying pray at the last, not please, but thank you. As a guest thanks their host at the door. You see, in the end, I think the realization comes to all of us, one way or the other, that life itself, the triumphs and the struggles, the everyday and the really big deal, The big stuff and the small stuff, all of it is a gift, pure gift. And the proper response for such a gift is gratitude. Let's pray. Living and loving God in the light of Thanksgiving, we are truly grateful for who you are and for the gift of life you share with us. Thank you for guiding us as we journey through the ups and downs of life. Thank you for knowing the words we wish we could pray, but can't for whatever reason. Thank you for both your powerful presence and and for everyday epiphanies. Thank you for all we have, for all we are, all we can ever hope to be. And may our lives be lived in grateful. And generous response to your grace. And may we share our gifts with one another and with our neighbors, both we know and those we don't know, whoever they are, as you've shared yourself with us through Jesus Christ our Lord.